Welcome to the Impact Church Podcast. I'm here with Kelly and George right now. And they were so excited about last week's sermon. They think you should listen to it again. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. So you need to get into it. Hey, we're talking about the kingdom, the kingdom keys. Listen, aligning yourself with the revelation that Jesus is king puts you in a place of privilege, trust, and authority. Provides you with keys to ignite, lock, and loose, resulting in a manifestation of his kingdom. Come on, let's get into the Word right now. Jesus' name. To everything, all the songs today, it's all it's all, all the stuff we want to share. It's all about the kingdom, our power, authority. Jesus gave us all that stuff. Isn't it good? Isn't it good? All right. This is uh, this is marked in the calendars. Sit quietly and listen Sunday. I thought it was. It was just you know. Say, say praise the Lord. Come on. My love language is words of affirmation. Thank you. So that's why the odd amen means a lot to me, so it's good. Thank you. I could feel that. That was awesome. Praise the Lord. Hey, listen, we're in a series on the kingdom. And uh, wow, I was putting the number on it this morning to put it on uh, the website. You know, the notes are right there in the website before the service even starts. So you can download the notes. And then after the service, we attach uh, the YouTube version to it as well. So you can rewatch it. How many rewatch the sermon every week? Just five or six times. Just... <laughs> Amen. Well, we put it there and we're, we just want you to get, because you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing, you know, so don't just hear it once, hear it twice, hear it a third time, listen, listen, you know, and you can experience just that, that, that word, that seed, just water that seed, water that revelation so it blooms and takes full manifestation in your life. But the kingdom is a big deal. The kingdom message is a big deal. So the good news is not Jesus. Now, don't get offended about that. Jesus isn't offended. Jesus is awesome. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is, uh, you know, part of the Trinity. He's a part of the Godhead. Jesus is so essential. He is my Redeemer. He is my salvation. He is my strength. He is my righteousness. But the good news, Jesus doesn't say, look at me. It's me. I'm good news. No, Jesus brought good news. He brought good news. So Jesus came as God and he took on the form of man and he emptied himself of all of the privileges of divinity so that he could live as us and totally identify with us and not just announce to us the kingdom but to reveal to us how a man could live out of the heavenly realm how a man could dominate in every experience in life and he says the same way that God the Father sent me I'm sending you and then later it says as he is so are we in this world so Jesus is, is more than just my savior my redeemer my advocate, all those things. He is the one who brought a message and he literally didn't just come as the king of kings. He came as a king maker and he's forgiven my sins and he's made me to be a priest and a king right now. He came to collect and to bring a redeemed community together that he can anoint, especially that can be flooded and saturated with the Holy Spirit so that we could carry on the mission of filling the earth with his kingdom. And that's who we are. Yes, Amen. Amen. Just shake off that spirit of sloppy deep, sleepy, sleepy dopey Sunday. 
shake it off right now in Jesus' name. All right. The good news is, the gospel is that God became a man to establish his kingdom in the earth. So where the kingdom is embraced, there is a community being built, which is the church. We sang that song, build your church, build your church. Man, Jesus is, what's he doing? He's building his church. He's still bringing together a community of people, adding to that community so that one at a time he's putting living stones in that church and he's through that community manifesting and he's going to bring about his glory and goodness to fill the earth. And it's the church for advancing his eternal purpose in the earth. That was always his eternal purpose. Ephesians 1.22, he put all things under his feet and has appointed him to be the head and the universal and supreme head of the church. What's Jesus the head of? The church. We are the body of Christ, and he is the head of his church. It's really bad when the head and the body are misaligned. I mean, if you went to work today and, and you know, you left your head in bed, it wouldn't be a pretty story. There's a lot of the body of Christ that is not aligned with the headship of Jesus Christ. But we need to be aligned with him. We need to be aligned with the message today. We need to be aligned with the kingdom of God. He is the supreme head of the church. It's a headship. It's a manifestation of his reign, his rule and authority, which is exercised throughout the church. Ephesians 3.21, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Ephesians 3.10 says the church, it was a mystery before, but it's not a mystery now. The mystery was that he was going to bring together his community his congregation he was going to collect out of all lost souls he was going to bring together a living breathing community that he would bring together to manifest the manifold wisdom of God to the whole cosmos and that's what we're doing that's what we're all about Acts 2 47 says and the Lord added to the church daily those who are being saved so when you come to Jesus the discipleship process is never complete if you're not planted in a community and we last week we had a baptismal service and we had communion. If your discipleship doesn't find a baptismal tank, it doesn't find a communion table, it doesn't find a place where you're practicing that regularly with a group of believers, you are not fully engaged in the discipleship process because that's what takes place. He adds people to the church. Matthew 16, 15 to 19. Now, a few weeks ago, I was going to teach on this passage, but I, I did teach on it more or less, but I, I sang the whole passage, and I, I think a lot of it... <laughs> A lot of it got across, but <clears throat> I want to read this passage to you, all right? He pressed them. Now, he took them to Caesarea Philippi. Now, they're there in Caesarea Philippi, and they're, they're looking over a cliff, and he's there by the side. And then it's the biggest pagan worship collection of, of false gods and idols and false temples. And he's there right beside all of that. And he's looking over all of that. I mean, one of the places was a, a uh, temple that was built by Herod the Great. And it was made of white white uh, stone and ivory. And it was gleaming white. When the sun would hit it, it would just gleam. But this was a temple that he built. Inside the temple, there was a, a, a head, a, a fountain head, which literally was one of the fountain heads of the Jordan River. But in this fountain head, it was a huge pool. And they they would take rocks and tie them and, and, and just tie as much rope as they could and they would descend and descend and descend and they'd never been able to fathom where the bottom was. And you know what they called that place? They called it the gates of hell. Because they said it goes down, down, down. It goes so far. This, this hole goes so far down, it descends all the way into Hades. And so here's Jesus in front of the, all of these temples of worship and demonic gods. And he's saying to them, hey, who do people say that I am? They say, well, some say you're one of the prophets. Some say you might even be Elijah. You might be like a reincarnation of one of those guys. And, but he pressed them and he said, who do you say that I am? 
So he pressed them and he said, who do you say that I am? <clears throat> Sorry, too much shouting there during worship and I got a little phlegm monster in my throat. There. <clears> he <throat> pressed them, okay, that's what they say, but what do you say? And what you say about Jesus is, A.W. Tozer says, what you believe and what you think about God is the most important thing about you. So he said, then what do you say? Who do you say that I am? Oh, who do you say to them? Simon Peter said, you're the Christ, the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus, whoa! He literally jumped up, spun around, said, that is so awesome. He said, God bless you, Simon, son of Jonah, for you did not get this answer from books or from teachers. This wasn't something you learned. This is something you took a seminar for. This isn't something anywhere. You didn't learn at the synagogue. Nobody. This wasn't even a Sunday school lesson. This, was, this literally came right out of heaven. My father himself gave you this revelation. You heard from the father. Wow, he said, this is so good. My father in heaven, God himself, let you in on this secret of who I really am. And now I'm going to tell you who you really are. See, he got a revelation straight from heaven. And then he said, boy, I'm going to tell you who you really are. Then he said, you are Peter. And Peter, you are a rock. And that's the word Petros. Say Petros. He said, you are a rock. You are a Petros. Now, a Petros would be a stone. I have a bunch of stones in my garden. But it would be a rock, a stone, something you could throw, something you could pick up. Some, you are a rock. You are a stone. You are Petros. But he says, you are Petros. Peter, you're a rock. And on this Petra... Say Petra. Petra is not a rock. It's not a stone. It's bedrock. It's a foundation. It's a huge, it, it could be a mountain range. It's a mountain. It's something that is absolutely fixed, immovable. It's not something you can pick up and toss around. He says, Peter, you are Petros. He says, but I'm going to build my church on the Petra. So he said, on the Petra on which I put my church together, a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell, right there, all of these pagan gods, all of these foreign things, all of these evil, evil demonic things that people worship and exist, not one of these things is going to be able to withstand the advances of my church. You are Petra, or this is Petra, on which I will put together my church, a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell be able to keep it out and that's not all don't you love that I mean I'm excited today sometimes people get all concerned there's so much crazy things happening in the world I tell you doesn't matter what's going on in the world Jesus is building his church and he's building the church for a purpose. You know, don't get wigged out about stuff. Don't get lost and distracted and start spinning with anxiety and depression. And God, get me out of here. God's not getting you out of here. He's getting heaven into you. He's getting the full expression of the kingdom into you. And he's going to fill the earth with his glory. I mean, this isn't let's slide out the back door quick. It's getting ugly. God loves this world. He loves every single person. It's his will that none should perish, but all come to eternal life. So I tell you, I'm just excited because, wow, there's an amazing strategy of heaven being released and we're a part of it. And that's not all. It slices, it dices, it'll also cut your lawn. It's just awesome. No, and that's not all. You, say you. you. Just rudely point at your neighbor, say you. you. Say, Pastor, be talking to you today. You will have complete and free access to God's kingdom. <laughs> Please stop, settle down. 
put in my notes here, there's people running around the building. They're just so excited. My vision of the service was totally different. You! You! You will have complete and free access to God's kingdom. The New King James Version says you will have the keys of the kingdom. Not the keys to the kingdom, but the keys. You'll have all the keys of, of the kingdom. You'll have you guys have keys? Anybody got keys? I got keys. I got keys. The jingle, jingle, jingle. There's another person that has a set of keys almost exactly the same as these. You know who that is? That's my bride. Her keys look just like these, and she has access to all the same places I do. Keys to ignite the same things I do. And you know who we are? We are the bride of Christ. You know what? He's given us the keys. He gave us complete and free access to God's kingdom. Keys to open any and every door. No more barriers between heaven and earth. Earth and heaven. A yes on earth is a yes in heaven. A no on earth is a no in heaven. In heaven. In earth. Where are you right now? Well, it includes earth. We are in both. I'm seated with him in heavenly places. Hallelujah. I got dual seating. Yes, sir. I don't know how it works, but I am seated with him in heavenly places. And yet I have authority to loose heaven everywhere I go down here. And a yes on earth is a yes in heaven. All right, so there's benefits to this revelation. Here he said, Peter, that is a revelation. You got that right from the Father. And you know what? You know what comes along with that revelation that the Father gave you? That revelation is packing. First of all, it's packing blessing. It says, God bless you. Simon, son of Jonah. And you know what the blessing of the Father is? It says, wait in Jerusalem until you receive the promise of the Father. And the promise of the Father, or another translation says, you receive the blessing of the Father. The blessing of the Father is, I'm going to fill you with the third person of the Trinity. That's why the kingdom of God is in the Holy Spirit. And when you got the Holy Spirit, what's that mean? He has poured every aspect of his kingdom in you. And what is it? It's something you got to tarry for. It's something you got to deserve. It's something you got to struggle for. It's something you got to be holy enough to receive. It's something that if there's not enough righteousness in your life, you got to have some currency of faith to trade for it. Rubbish. What is it? It's a gift. When is a gift not a gift? When you've got to earn it, when you've got to qualify for it, or when somebody's got to force it on you. The kingdom of God, the Holy Ghost, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Did you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit? I mean, Paul, when he went, he, he was traveling along, and he, when he got to Ephesus, he was with a bunch of believers, and he looked around and he said, ooh, wow. Have you guys received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Why did he say that? Because it didn't look good. There's a bunch of people praying prayers like this. Oh, God, please, if it's your will, could you please help my miserable life? Oh, God. Peter's like in the prayer meeting going, oh, that prayer was awful. Oh, God, my doggy got hit by a car. And God, if it would be your will, could you help my dog? Oh, this is a scary prayer meeting. You can learn a lot about people going to a prayer meeting with them. You can learn a lot whether they're beggars or they're commanders. You're not a beggar, you're a commander. 
You're not begging God for little morsels from the table. You are in command. You are in charge. God has given you power and authority over all. Literally, and it says, it says I think it's in Psalm 110, it says, you've given him authority over all the works of your hand. It says, what is man that you're mindful of him? You made him a little lower than Elohim. You made him, it's, it's shocking. A lot of translations say you made him a little lower than angels because it's shocking. How could you say you made him a little lower than God? And yet every other place in the Bible, Elohim is translated as God, but the translators there make it angels because, well, that's too much. How could we be just a little bit lower than God? And he's given us authority over all the works of his hand. Do you know who you are? Like I said, if the plumber came to my door and I said, hey, it says on the truck there that you're a plumber because I need to get some pipes fixed. Are you a plumber? I hope so. No, you're a plumber, right? Well, I've, I've messed around with some pipes a few times. But you're a plumber. Well, I think so. I mean, I'd be shutting the door quick getting somebody else. Are you a child of the king? Are you a son of the most high? Do you know who Jesus is? Do you know what he's done for you? Do you know the elevated place and inheritance that is yours? Do you know how mighty you are right now in God's purposes? Wow. There's blessing. There's the blessing. The Holy Spirit baptizes. But there's identity. I tell you. Identity says, I want to tell you who you really are. And we are. John, 1 John 3, 2 says, Beloved, now we are children of God. Third thing is there's power. It says, not even the gates of hell will be able to keep you out. You are powerful. I love Daniel eleven thirty two. 32. It says, the people who know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Amen. Are you strong? Yeah. Let's let those exploits roll. Last thing is trust. It says, I'll give you access to God's kingdom. I'll give you keys to open any and every door. And you know what? You only give keys to people you trust. Amen. There's actually only so many people in this church that have their key holders. They have access to keys. And, and some people only have keys to certain rooms. And some people have keys to all the rooms. Wow. So you give keys. Keys are a manifestation of trust and responsibility. Trust. You, are, you only give keys to people you trust. Matthew 16, 19 in the Passion Translation says, I will give you keys. I will give you the keys of heaven's kingdom realm to forbid on earth which is forbidden in heaven and to release on earth that which is released in heaven. Say which is. Which is. See, God's not bound to have to pay attention to everything you bind and loose. God doesn't have to authorize everything you bind and loose. I bind that guy driving in front of him. He's going too slow. I bind him from a spirit of slowness. It's not some little treat that you get to toss around and use willy-nilly. Look what it says. You get to forbid what is forbidden. And you get to loose what is loosed. Which denotes this right here. It operates through first-hand revelation. See, what did Peter have? Peter, you just had a God thought. Peter, you just connected with the Father. Peter, you just had divine revelation. And you see, for us to bind and loose means that we have to have living, breathing, walking divine revelation of what is loosed in heaven and what is bound in heaven. 
Because you can't loose whatever you feel like. You loose what is loosed, and you bind what is bound. Another translation, the Amplified says, you get to loose what is already loosed, and you get to bind what is already bound. So it's the finished work of the cross. It's not, it's, it's not that God's still, you know, trying to defeat the enemy. The enemy is defeated, and you got to get a revelation of who you are and what he's given you, and you got to know how to use which key and which door. Because I could give you a key for my house, but you got to know there's keys, there's four ways to get into my house, and I might give you a key, and you'll have to know which door does this open. You need to know that each key, sometimes those keys have specific revelation for their use, and you got to know, have understanding of the keys, and you got to have knowledge how to use those keys. We'll talk about that next week. So you'll struggle all week long, locked in bondage. Come back next week, we'll set you free. All right? So you got to have firsthand revelation. Matthew 18. Say Matthew 16. Say Matthew 18. There's two times Jesus used the word church, and it's in these two passages. And both times that he used the word church, in both times he discussed the church, in both passages he said, and he said, assuredly I say to you, whatever you bind in heaven will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. If two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father who is in heaven, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst. It's powerful when two agree. It's powerful when we get together. When we know I have something going on in my life that is not, it is illegal, it is not manifest in heaven. I have something that needs to be bound in my experience. It says when two or more agree on that thing, it's done for them by their Father in heaven. Isn't that great? Isn't it great, the power of agreement? If you feel like I'm not getting results with this thing myself, get a friend. And then stand two together on the ground agreeing on anything. Boom, you have what you've asked for. You know, and God, the Father, he's going to do it for you. It's powerful when you understand who you are in the kingdom. Assuredly, I say to you that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven, if two of you agree on earth. You're not waiting for agreement in heaven. It's where two of you agree on earth. Stamp your feet for me. You qualify. You qualify. That's a massive qualification, isn't it? You have to be on earth. You're on, you got authority here on earth. All right, here's a lovely picture. Look at this picture right here. Isn't that great, eh? That's probably one of our favorite puppy dogs right there. That is Beauregard Arthur Wellington III. It really is. We called him Bo. And uh, this was a few years back when Cheryl and I went to the UK. I was a speaker at our national conference over there, international conference there in the UK. And then we went on to Italy for a week. And because we were going to be gone for a couple weeks, and at that time my son was floating around the Pacific Ocean uh, on cruise ships. That was awesome. So I needed somebody to come and stay and live in my home and, and be with me because Beauregard's a bit of work. But you know, Beauregard clearly loved Kevin and Julie. So when Kevin and Julie came to my house, I gave them all my keys. They had absolutely, they were using my car, they were out back, we had a pool. I said, please don't let the pool get green. I gave them directions, you know, make sure you put things and uh, make sure the stuff gets taken care of. Watch the salt, you know, regulator and all those things. Please make sure my pool doesn't turn green and keep the, you know, animals out of it and everything else. And there's stuff I want you to take care of in my home. But I gave them full, absolute authority and access to my home. Do you know how many times they called me while I was away to say, what should we do now? None. 
Not once. Because they knew they had full privilege, full authority. Anything in the freezer they could eat, anything in the fridge they could have, they could take my car, do whatever they needed, just take care of that dog. Take care of that dog. Because I'll tell you, if something happens to that dog, Cheryl will kill you. So, but, but, but Beauregard, he just, he just loved those guys. You see, I didn't have to, they didn't have to say, hey, I got this other key here, and I, I think it's to the freezer. Well, we don't lock the freezer, so clearly it's not to the freezer. Well, what about this key? He didn't have to call me back and forth try to figure things out. He didn't have to wonder if he could do stuff. They knew that they had authority to operate on my behalf in any way. If somebody came knocking on the door and said, hey, we'd like to live here too. Oh, okay. Why don't you move in? There's an empty room upstairs. Oh, those bunch of people came over. They moved into your house. Is that okay? No, it's not okay. See, they had the authority to shut the door, to lock the door and say, you stay out. They had authority though, if they wanted to have friends over and do things, they could. They could do whatever they wanted with it. There's a whole lot of us. God gave us the keys. And we're like, God, would you change my life? Actually, I already gave you the key for that. God, could I use the car? A lot of us don't understand that everything we're asking for, we already have. And that's why sometimes the prayer meetings are really, really miserable because people don't know how to pray properly because they don't know who they are. They don't know their benefits. They don't know that it's your turn. It's your turn. It's like, you ever been playing checkers with somebody and forgot whose move it was and you're both looking at it? Is it your turn? It's not my turn. There's a lot of people like that with God. They still think it's God's turn. It's not God's turn. It's your turn. God's given you authority over your world. Hello, if there's things you don't like in there, cancel it. Command it to stop and say that's enough. And in fact, literally in society, we as the church, we are here to deal with things in the world. And that's why I said, you know what I love about being a Christian? It's not the song services. It's not that we get together and have picnics. All of that stuff is a fantastic byproduct of all of that. But you know what I love about being a Christian? Is I'm in charge circumstances don't affect me. I'm not under the circumstances. I am seated with him above it all. I reign and rule over every situation. <clears throat> and that's why we have to, as a people, have a kingdom mindset. All right. So I am divinely, I'm, I'm a divinely equipped administrator. I'm administrating the purposes of God. And I want to be a good steward. I want to show that I'm responsible. I mean, this is the biggest thing of all. You think, you know, little sins here and there, those things are what's really ticking God off. You know what really bothers God is when you don't take responsibility for the kingdom that he has bestowed upon you. He has bestowed upon you a kingdom. And what he really wants is responsible action. He's given you ability. He's given you strength. He's given you stewardship over gifts, talents, and ability. And he wants you to take those things. And he wants you to use them. And he wants you to manifest what he's done in your life. Is everybody okay? All right, this revelation changes the order of things. I don't bind something demonic here on earth and then it becomes bound in heaven. No! I put the no in a red just because I want to emphasize this. You don't bind something demonic here and then on earth, on earth and then it becomes bound in heaven. No! Well, I thought I got to do that. No, I bind on earth what is already bound in heaven. Do you see the order? It's a little bit different. I'm not telling something in earth to be bound and then it gets bound in heaven. Here's the order. I know it's already bound in heaven, so therefore I bind it on earth. Do you see the difference in the order? It's really subtle, I know, but try to track it with me. I'm not trying to get the devil to stop stuff so it's not going on in heaven. It's already been cut off in heaven. I got a revelation that that has been ended in heaven, therefore, hey! 
Stop it in the name of Jesus. And that's how we use our authority. I'm not trying, God, I'm going to identify some dark stuff today. I'm going to take care of that for you. No, he's already taken care of it all. He took care of it all. Father, did you take care of that too? I did. Are you able to do that as well? I am. See, we got to understand that and have revelation on that. I establish on earth what Jesus has already accomplished at the cross. So I got here, I put it right in. I put it right in my notes so that you could see it on the big screen. You ready? When you listen to people pray, you quickly find out who they believe is in charge. We have a prayer meeting 7 o'clock online every Friday. And I go on there and I pray. And I pray. But you know, I don't ask God to do stuff. We seek him, we get revelation from him, and he gives us assignments, and then we go ba-boom, 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 ba-boom. I command that to end, I command that to end, I command that to end, I command that to end. I lose revelation. I lose power, majesty, and strength. I speak to city council right now in the name of Jesus. I bind every vile, foul influence that is trying to operate in our city council. I resist every bit of nonsense that would try to be promoted in our city in the name of Jesus. And Father, I loose upon them wisdom right now, heavenly divine wisdom. I right now, I pray the hand of God would squeeze their heart ever so gently that they would know they're a steward serving the people of God in this city. And Father, we command your purposes to prevail in the name of Jesus. We curse every network of lies, every assignment the devil has for this town. We curse it. We cancel it in the name of Jesus and we have authority to do so. <laughs> Boom. Well, clearly we're not doing very good because nonsense is still going on. Well, we're pushing. We're pushing. We're pushing all together. So what do we need? Well, two or more. One can chase a thousand. Two can chase ten thousand. So we're getting more people on the screen every Friday morning. And we're coming at some stuff. We're going after it. Boom. Hardcore. Because London City of God. London City of God. London City of God. That's what I see. London City of God where salvation is rolling through the streets. Where there's a wave of God's glory on every single corner. London City of God. London City of God. I curse unemployment. I curse poverty. I curse addiction. I curse every foul thing that was created in hell to wreck families. I curse it now in the name of Jesus. I lose the peace of God like a river to impact. Let not a person in this city not feel the glory of God touching and impacting their bodies in the name of Jesus. All right, sorry. We just started having, you know what you do when you pray? You pray, the more you pray, the more you pray. I'm telling you, so boom. Uh, beggars don't know who they are, but commanders have a revelation of who they are, and they call it into manifestation. First John 4, 4, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. I mean, these are all really familiar passages to us, right? Have you heard that verse before? Have you, have you, have you? Tell you, whenever something pops up that causes anxiety or fear or something in you, you realize, hey, uh, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I have authority in this circumstance. 2 Corinthians 4, 4, whose minds the God of this age has blinded. See, there's people. You're not struggling against people. Quit fighting against people. Quit cursing people. Quit, quit speaking so badly about your prime minister. Stop it. You know what? God has blinded the minds of those who can't see. The, not our God, but the God of this world. Well, I thought he's defeated. Well, you know, it wouldn't say the greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world if there wasn't somebody in the world. 
It wouldn't tell you that the God of this age is blinding the eyes if there wasn't blindness happening coming from somewhere. But you know, ultimately, he's been defeated. Ultimately, and, and for all intents and purposes, his influence has been brutally damaged, mortally wounded. But we have a responsibility now to do the mop-up detail and enforce that victory in every corner of the globe. So he is done. It's all finished. But now Jesus, now go and disciple the nations. Well, why do you need to disciple the nations? Because the nations, people who are still lost in sin, people who are still lost and, and, and separated from God, we have a responsibility to reconnect them to their Father in heaven. And right now, they don't want to listen to what you say. Why? Because the God of this world has blinded their eyes. So how do we pray for lost people? We curse the God of this world, and we curse his lies and his attacks on them. We bind and we cast down everything that would limit them from seeing a revelation of God. I remove right now every lie and every deception, and I pray that there would be an entrance right now of like Paul said, pray for me. Pray for me that a door of utterance may be opened, that I might come and preach the word and it would prevail. Pray for me that a door of utterance might be given that we might preach the word and it would prevail. See, we got to get into some serious, hardcore, butt-kicking warfare down here. Not to win the battle, but to enforce the battle that's already won. And we got to clearly see what's done in heaven so we can command it to come into manifestation here on earth. I'm not begging for a victory. I'm insisting that the victory that's already won be totally applied in every circumstance of life. So the God of this world, he's at work blinding people's eyes. 1 Corinthians 4.20, the kingdom of God is not in word, it's in power. It's in power. That's why I wanted Vivian to give a testimony, because I want you to know she came in pain. Excruciating, her own words. What kind of pain? Excruciating pain. For months, for a long, long time. And I came up and said, I'd like this to stop. Got prayer. Boom, it's done. And if it ever comes back, what do you do? You use the name above every name. You use the name of the king of glory because when you use the name, you're enforcing the kingdom. And you're saying, you are not of the kingdom. You have no right to be here in the name of Jesus. Go. And you've been given the name to exercise authority. That's why we have the name, and it has to go. I want more and more testimonies that all the time. I want to hear more and more testimonies that this is actually functioning in our church. We're not here having history lessons. There was a guy 2,000 years walked around. He, his name was Jesus. He was really cool, did some stuff, healed some people, awesome. And you know what? He came and he died so that we can go to heaven someday. It's miserable down here, isn't it? And we're going to get out of here soon. So let's hang on, poor little beggars. Let's, let's do the best we can. And let's just hope Jesus comes soon because, man, it's getting dark, isn't it? Just, just practicing my, my rapture leap. Take authority. Take responsibility. All right, I don't go to king's school. I didn't have to, but I am a king. And I'm not a, I'm not a wannabe king. I'm an adult king. I'm not a little child who's growing and maturing in it. I didn't come into the kingdom as an infant who's growing. You come into the kingdom as a full-born son. It's a miracle. What's amazing, you don't come in as a babe. You come immediately as a full-born son. There's two words for son, and the word that's used for sonship is not an infant. It's a full-blown child. 
And right away, as a child of God, you get the keys, you get the influence, you get the whole thing. He gives you the full package, the full... You don't get a junior Holy Ghost and, and a little minor thing. You get the whole package right away. I am an adult son of the king of glory, and he made me a king. Daniel 2, 35 to 44, and the stone that struck the image, big idol, big image. How are you doing? Are you guys okay? So he, Nebuchadnezzar has a dream, and he's concerned about the dream, and he wants somebody to interpret the dream, and, but he doesn't want to tell him the dream. He says, you've got to know the dream and interpret it. Anyway, neat story. But Daniel, he goes before the Lord. The Lord gives him the dream and the interpretation. And what he said, Nebuchadnezzar, you are a great king, and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world. And in the bottom of the toes, there were kingdoms that were mixtures, mixtures of clay, mixtures of metal. And it says, in that day, so listen, it says, and the stone that struck the image became a great mountain, and it filled the whole earth. And in the day of these kings, these kings, it was the mixture kings. What's the mixture? The mixture is there's some kingdoms, there's some dictatorships, there's some, some uh, democracies, there's a bunch of very diverse nations and they're ruled in a variety of ways. There's a mixture of it. There's not one ruler over the whole thing. It's a whole mixture of nations and a mixture of styles of government. In that time of mixture, it says, heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed and the kingdom shall not be left to other people it shall break it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms and it shall stand forever and you see that was the, what was the day it was Jesus day there are all kinds of political systems different governments different things and you see even more so in our day that's a full manifestation but God's kingdom it's not once the whole thing is gone but in that season in that time I'm going to establish my kingdom and my kingdom is going to fill the whole earth settle down that's what's going on. That's what he's building. He's building his church, and his church is that vehicle to bring in the kingdom. God has called his church to rise in these days and take responsibility. I love 1 Timothy 3.15. I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God. So I'm writing to you so that you can know who you are, what your responsibilities are, what your privileges are. I want you to know how to do church, how to be who you are. I want you to know how to conduct yourself as children of the king. So the uh, house of God, what is the house of God? It's the church. What is the church of? It's the church of the living God. Not a God, but the living God. And what is it? It's the pillar and the ground, or like the authorized version, it's the pillar and the foundation of truth. You know what we are in our culture today? You know what we are in the world today? If there's any truth, if there's any expression of truth, the church is the pillar and foundation of truth. Do you know how important we are to this city? Do you know how important these gatherings are to this city? Do you, are you captivated by the vision of what we're trying to do and what we're trying to achieve? God has given us responsibility to establish his righteousness and his truth in this whole region. There's no other vehicle chosen to do it. There's no plan B. It's us. Do you know who we are do you know you know why I praise God in a big way when we gather because I'm doing warfare I'm not doing a couple of little ditties before the little guy gets up and preaches and I love the songs we sang today because they're all government. They're all authority. Build your church. Build your church. We're given, in our songs, we're given authority. We're, we're releasing. We're, there's, in, in our service today, angelic hosts were just empowered, released, and sent all over the place. Dominions and thrones of darkness were kicked in the head and knocked out. I don't come just to hear a couple cool songs. Hey, would you do this song next week? You know, I like to pick songs that actually make sense in what God is doing today. 
Too many songs. I'm feeling bad. God, I'm so sad. Please don't be mad. I want to be glad. Sing with me. God, I'm so sad. Please don't be mad. Oh, that's, that's a nice song. It's rubbish. Reign above it all. You reign above it all. You reign above it all over the universe. Ha! You know what happened right there? Demons falling off their perches going, ah, they're starting to get it down there. We're exercising our responsibility to reign and rule over every power, principality, and throne. Hey! I uh, just don't feel like worshiping today. Kind of tired. Suck it up, buttercup. You're in the army. Let's go. I like to worship like this with my hands over here. Uh, not up here. You know, if the flag's at full mass, something alive is inside. When it's at half mass, something died. None of that worship. I'm just receiving, Pastor. I'm just kidding. You can, I do that. I do that. I do that. Sometimes I do that. You know. <laughs> but hey, with all your heart, with everything in me. Whew. All right, moving on. I still got to put 28 more slides. So Isaiah 60, 1 to 3. Come on. I love this. Arise and shine, my people. Let your light shine for all nations to see. For the glory of the Lord is streaming from you. This is the Living Bible. I love it because it's the best translation of this verse. The glory of God isn't going to land in the atmosphere. We're not trying to get it down. It's here. Where's the river? It's in your belly. Where's the kingdom going to gush forth from? Right here. I'm gushing on my own. When two or more get together, we gush even more. When three or four get together, we gush even more. When all of us get together, there's a river. Rivers of living water are gushing into our community. We loosed a torrential flood in our community. That's what we did. Arr. Okay, sorry. For the glory of the Lord is streaming from you. Darkness as black as night shall cover the peoples of the earth, but the glory of God will shine from you. All nations will come to your light. Listen to that. How many nations? When you lift up and you get with the revelation of who you are, you begin to let the river of God, the glory of God, stream out of your belly. Arise, my people. Shake it off, my people. Come on, my people. For the glory of the Lord will shine upon you and nations will come to your light and mighty kings will come to see the glory of the Lord upon you. You go read the rest of that passage. It's a prophetic thing for today. It's not in the sweet by and by. It's not a millennial prophecy. Why is it not a millennial prophecy? Because gross darkness covers the earth and covers the people. That's not going to be happening later on. So what's, when is it? It's now. It's now. Is anybody a little concerned about what they see on the news these days? Just a little. But you know what? Arise, shine. I mean, no matter how dark it gets, the light's going to be more powerful. Amen? Light overcomes darkness just like that. Boom. It's not even a struggle. Bang, it's gone. And the glory of the Lord will fill you. So you got authority. Keys are for authorized people not waiting outside for the blessing to be opened. It's terrible. I, Wednesday night, I had a few people showed up at 6 o'clock, and they were outside, and I just happened to be walking by, and I saw people standing at the door. And, you know, they couldn't get in because they didn't have a key. And there's a lot of people, they act like that as believers, like there's promises, but I can't get them. I don't have a key. I have to wait till God opens the blessing to me. Oh, oh, quick, the door opened. 
Lord, open a door of kindness to me. Would you please be kind to me today? Is there possibly a favor up there that I could have today, Lord? Lord, could it, could it? The Lord's standing there inside the door, liberally ready to provide you with every single thing, and he's there, arms wide open, saying, I got it all covered. All you got to do is Hello. So we're going to talk next week about how to use those keys. And a lot of it has to do with your mouth. And we're going to talk about how to release those things, how to exercise those keys and bring it about. So keys are only useful if you know what they correspond to. Access keys of the kingdom to enjoy every single benefit. He who did not spare his own son for you, but delivered him for you, how much more will he not along with him freely, freely, say freely, freely give us all things. How many need a thing? How many got a thing that they would like to manifest in their life? He gave you all things. What you need is not, not, not that special. One of these days I'm going to get it, Pastor. One of these days is going to be my day. It's your day today. You just got to know how to turn that key. You just got to know how to loose that in your own experience. Today, that benefit is yours. He's blessed us with freely giving us all things. Ownership, it's mine. I don't beg for what I own. I don't go to my car and say, can I drive you today, please? I got to get to church. Oh, not today. You ran me too hard yesterday. Like, I own the car. I tell the car what to do, right? You know, you'd be a steward of that. Do not fear, little flock, for it's the Father's good pleasure to give you, to give you. Like this voice, this voice, this verse blows my mind. He wants to give me the kingdom. He wants to give me the kingdom. The kingdom is a gift. Are you ready? Here's my last slide. One nice, beautiful, long run-on sentence. Are you ready? Aligning yourself with the revelation of Jesus as king puts you in a place of privilege, trust, and authority and provides keys to ignite, lock, and loose, resulting in the manifestation of his kingdom. That's the summary of the whole sermon today. Aligning yourself with the revelation, just as Peter said, you are the Christ, you are the king of glory, the son of the living God. That revelation aligns you and puts you in a place of privilege, trust, and authority and provides you keys to ignite, to lock, to loose, resulting in the manifestation of the kingdom.